Hello, people of the void. You are listening to Fairy Tale, Folklore, and Fuckery. This is a podcast where I pick a random country each week, and this week is all about Chad in Africa. The week before, we actually did South Sudan, so we're just kind of hopping right back into Africa, which is super cool. Some little tips and tricks about Chad. It is a completely landlocked country in Central Africa. It borders Nigeria, and it has... Cameroon and Sudan in the east. It's also a pretty cool country that has multiple different climate changes and zones all around there. We have the desert um, from the Sahara to the Sahelian belt as well as savanna zones and I also know the huge lake is called Lake Chad. It used to touch bases with Nigeria, Cameroon, and Niger. Some of the super weird but fun facts that I've found uh, about Chad is that they've actually never made it to the FIFA World Cup Championships, but they do have some super popular soccer players. The Tubu tribe that live in the Tibesti Mountains are also known as the best camel racers ever, and they also hold competitions to see throughout the villages who is the best, tourists can also participate. Finally, Chad only has one TV station, the Tele to Chad, which is owned by the state. So radio is their main source of media coverage in the country, which is crazy. I guess I understand why, because they're a country that's like probably ruled. They're actually known in Forbes in 2008 for being one of the most corrupt countries in the world. So I get it, I understand it, but like, in America, I could never imagine only being controlled by the radio. Like, no social media, and then only listening to the radio, so like, there's no outside communication, so you never really know any other opinions. That's insane to me. And also, fun fact, uh, it was super difficult to even <laughs> find pictures of Chad and such because, or on Twitter, like, follow a lot of things from Chad because not only is there like limited tourist centers, except like if you're looking for national landmarks or zoos or anything down there, it's super hard to come across tourist centers or pictures. That's a little bit about Chad. Before we go into the fairy tale, I know I always talk about a nonprofit from this country and unfortunately I could not find any for Chad other than the fact if you want to help like the humanitarian side of things, the educational side, um, even their physical health and their gender equality. Those are only some of the organizations I found that would help out Chad. First things first, we have our fairy tale. Now this fairy tale is going to be called the hyena, the monkey, and the hare. Really long time ago, there was a hyena that climbed on top of a well and fell. The little monkey was passing through and he heard the hyena crying for help. And the hyena said, my brother, please help me. I want to get out of here. Of course, the monkey being the nicest little monkey ever, decided to put his tail into the well so the hyena could just grab it and the monkey would walk forward and yank him out of the well. Well, that happened. And then the hyena asked the monkey if he could take him home. I just think the hyena shouldn't have asked the monkey that because he has four legs and he could easily walk home, but okay. Anyway, so the hyena asked the monkey if he can be carried home and the monkey was like, sure bro, I got you. So he carried him all the way home. But then as soon as he got home, the hyena was like, oh, I hear this little rumble in my stomach. I'm a bit hungry now. And so he tried to eat the monkey. And hearing this monkey screaming and going crazy because obviously he just helped his friend and now he's about to be eaten. 
uh, the hare, the little rabbit, decides to pop his head out of the ground and go, what the hell is going on over here? So he goes over to the monkey and the hyena, and as soon as he does, the monkey and the hyena explain their sides of the story, and the hare asks the monkey, well, can you actually cure the hyena? And the monkey was like, yeah, I can carry the hyena. Duh, I already did it. And so the hare was like, can you carry the hyena to the well? And so the monkey carried the hyena back to the well. And then this is where the monkey gets revenge. He just threw the hyena into the well and the hare called to the monkey and said, just leave him there. And so the hare and the monkey returned to their homes and the hyena died in the well. Sad fairy tale. I just wanna say there really was not a lot of fairy tales or folklores that I could find for, about Chad. So this episode's gonna be kinda short, but I do hope you will enjoy it. Up next, we have the folk tale. Now, I think I'm just gonna mention like a couple of them simply because they're very short and there's not a whole lot. So folklore number one, the earliest settlers around Lake Chad were the Sayo, and legend has it that the Sayo were giants with obvious great strength. They could run long distances and pull up trees like blades of grass, and even the Sayo women could lift huge ceramic jugs to hold grain, which are called graneries, which held an entire year's harvest in their singular palm. It reminds me of like in the Bible, David and Goliath, like Goliath and his people were very, very tall and very strong. Oh, and before I read more about a folklore, I found in a book a little abstract on what folklore means in um, the African education system. There's three ways folklore gets told and moved around. So number one is the traditional education or socialization of children. So obviously grandparents pass down their knowledge to the next generation. Um, the second way is missionaries and colonial officials convince of tradition in quotation marks and told their policies not in just colonial administration but in school curriculum so they basically fucked up the school curriculum by perceived tradition and the third way is kind of sad but it's the attempt by independent african nations to recuperate tradition in order to to create a national culture which means these state-sponsored events that involve schools as a mode of intervention. Because I couldn't actually get the book, I only have this much to go off of, but it just sounds kind of sad and crazy that there's only so much, you know? First off, I can't believe, I guess I understand it that missionaries and colonial officials decided to get involved in tradition that wasn't theirs, but it's just sad to read about, I think. Another folktale is called The Sheep, the Goat, and the Dog. So there were the sheep that obviously, I just, I just read it, but the sheep, the goat, and the dog wanted to travel to Sar. So there was a truck that arrived and the sheep asked what the price of this trip is. And the driver said he wanted them to pay 500 francs each. Francis is a form of currency and it's honestly a gold coin that was issued from like 1360 until 1380. Anyway, so the driver wanted them to pay 500 francs each. So the sheep gave him 500 francs, the dog gave him a thousand, and the goat asked to pay on arrival. And the driver like, mm, I guess so. So the truck leaves, then the truck comes back to the town of Sir, and the sheep jump in out of the truck and ran away. And then the goat ran away as fast as he could without paying, and then the dog came over to ask the driver for the first 500 francs he owes him, and the driver answered, 
Go ask the goat for your 500 francs. And according to this folklore, this is why today, whenever a truck arrives in a village, the goat runs away, the dog runs after it, and the sheep does not move because he paid his fare. That's kind of a cute little story. Finally, we have our fucked up story, which actually is kind of fucked up. So once upon a time, there was a very virtuous little girl, Nijema which actually is Arabic for star. Unfortunately, there wasn't a translation in English for me to hear or listen to, so I could try to pronounce it correctly, so I do apologize if I'm mispronouncing it. Anyway, so this girl was a perfect devoted friend, a perfect daughter. She helped everybody, and she always got nothing in return. And not only that, but she was beautiful. And everybody knew that they could abuse her willingness to serve, and she would just correct their mistakes and never say anything. Even when they like forgot to do something, she got them out of trouble. And her apron of her skirt was always for the best part of her meal. So you know, as life continues and such, her adopted family just gives her shit for absolute nothing. They reserve the worst chores for her, like drawing water from the well, or going to pick up the firewood and even then she always had to like light the fire wash the calabash cups and ground the millet once you're not appreciated and you know you're not appreciated you're not happy and you don't want to do these things anymore and clearly she knew that her family didn't appreciate or approve of everything that she was doing and thought it was like really shit that she couldn't wash the calabash cups correctly they beat her unfortunately and so one morning she was just beaten so severely that she ran away into the wilderness and of course like most places once you run into the wilderness everybody knows you're dead so they didn't even try to go after her so she's just going into the wilderness to end her life and she doesn't care what ferocious beast or reptile kills her she just really wants to die so as she continues on her path she meets so many hideous monsters and all of them all of them she asked every single one of them can you please kill me and each one of them says no and so as she continues on her journey she finally reaches the end of the wilderness and she meets death himself and she asks him please 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 can you please kill me and he said adorable little star no one can escape their own destiny all must await their moment in time your moment has yet to come to die, so you must return to where you came from. Go back to your own village. Here on Earth, happiness comes from our moral excellence. And that was the end of the tale. That folktale actually came from a book from 1962. So, that's pretty interesting. To be honest, most of these stories are very short, and I personally don't quite understand them. It's always interesting to learn something new, so I'm never mad about it. Tune in next week for more fairy tale folklore and fuckery.